Plato's writings, his mentor Socrates introduces the concept of the noble life as a way for the entire population to believing in something that helps them to build national or civic identity. Such lies embed into the culture to serve the purpose of making us all feel better about our identity. The fun consequences of the noble lie is that the French historians teach the nation's children that Waterloo was a minor mishap on the road to Napoleonic glory. The English not only named a station after their great victory, we thought it was a wizzo idea to use it as the original terminus for the Eurostar. I love the French. Such good sports. We see the use of the noble lie to push agendas that transcend national boundaries. The recent United Nations Code Red Declaration on Impending Climate Catastrophe is an excellent example of the overblown and false narrative that justifies the need for a global change in direction. Mauritius, it's once again 30 years from being underwater. Even though such a grim warnings trace back, well, beyond 30 years. Since 1986, the population has increased by half and they have built an airport. Given that real estate has a multi-decade investment horizon, Obama notes someone is not heeding the warnings. Still, we need to get off of fossil fuels and now is as good as time as any. I noted some 15 months ago that the shrill narrative around COVID-19 was too, too similar to the infantile extinction rebellion protestations for them not to be connected. It is interesting how the catastrophe narrative ramped up even further this year, just as people came out of the COVID restrictions. Are we going to, to lock down the country to meet emissions-related targets? Well, just remember that nowadays there's no such thing as a conspiracy theory. Just spoiler alerts. There are two types of people in the climate change complex. The first are prophets, which we see daily desperate to get out their message of doom. Elbows sharpened, they are jostling for private government or United Nations grants to provide definitive evidence we are collectively in a bind. I find that these prophets come from the same group advising the government on lockdown and the myriad of policies that invade our lives. I find it somewhat interesting that nobody's picking up the obvious point that both climate change and COVID-19 have one common feature. Their prediction models are not only a bit wrong, but they are also gratuitously wrong. Recently, the climate change modelers had to admit that their models were, quote, running hot, in that the recent temperature pathway so the last couple of decades, were below their best-case scenario. Given these models' crazy levels of uncertainty, we should just crack on and find alternatives to fossil fuels. Governments worldwide lack leadership or backbone, that they hide behind the science and operate as a group. It does not help governments when their academic advisors have misaligned incentives. The members of SAGE in the UK actions are motivated by being on the telly, and this is how they attract grants. One reason we put academics in universities 
is to ignore them, hoping that they might create something worthwhile, but we're not that bothered. Academics have recently been had the highest dopamine rush. Professor Pantstown Ferguson is never off the airways. They all need to go back to their ivory towers and tinker with their airfix-like models. On the climate change discussion, let me clarify once again that we need to get cracking and move away from fossil fuels. So opposite the prophets, we can now introduce the wizards, who believe that innovation will solve this problem without reducing consumption that the centralist watermelons are pushing. The wizards want us to avoid rolling back blackouts, flight and personal freedom restrictions that we see in California. Strangely, California's extended prosperity depends on over a century of innovation and investment that moves a lot of water from the north to the southern plains. Looking throughout history, wizards have indeed won over the prophets of doom, time and time again, in particular when it comes to overpopulation. Every 50 years since the 18th century, the prophets paint a near future of, guess what, famine, pestilence and collapse in society, and always blame population increase entirely. Innovation has come to the rescue every single time, producing better crops with high, higher yields to make more food than we safely consume, even as the population is eight times that of 1800. The prediction of famine that still prevails is, tragically, really a widespread problem of obesity. Interestingly, one does not hear much about these wizards because it goes against the, quote, we are the problem narrative. There has to be something alarming that we cannot optimistically promote the, we are the solution. I remember going to the future world section of Disneyland. A long time ago, I do admit, all very white with suits similar to those used in the show Space 1999. What was notable was the optimism that the future will be better. Where has all that optimism gone, given that all statistics on poverty, life expectancy, lifestyle, are all hugely positive really since the 70s. I saw a recent survey where 70% of respondents think their children will live in a worse world than they did thanks to the climate emergency. In the last 100 years, the number of people dying from extreme weather events has dropped by 99%. Dropped by 99%. Strange that we pay more attention to, to some miserable Swedish teenager rather than looking at the facts including this one, presented by a compatriot, Hans Gosling, my hero. I'm hugely excited that the transition from fossil fuels will trigger a golden age of innovation so long as governments get out of the way, which, thanks to what they've done during COVID-19, they will be reluctant to give up. Remember, the UK government introduced strict pub opening hours in 1914. 91 years later, Blair's government revokes this temporary wartime measure. The only thing that and enabling gin manufacturing are the two things I can think of that this that government 
achieved. Media rarely celebrate achievements. In 2012, 40% of the power generated in the UK came from burning coal. Nine years later, in 2021, we're down to 1.8%. We managed the transition through near-term subsidies, investment in innovation, and long-term financial contracts. Well, admittedly, we're at first base in the shift away from fossil fuels. We should, however, be proud of our achievements. In the next two episodes, I will introduce my dear listeners to the new discipline in climate-related risk that will keep us, risk managers, in jobs for the next decade. Seriously, if we help the banks successfully forge a path and their corporate clients, some major changes will unfold. Better that we achieve these goals using smart allocation of a large amount of capital than, than give up our freedoms to a central cabal. <laughs>